What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Offshore Insights Podcast, where we share captivating individuals and stories connected by water. I hope you all are having an amazing spring season so far and are enjoying the glorious and flourishing environments all around us in full bloom. I'm your host, Evan Luth. I'm stoked you could join us today, and I hope you enjoy the ride. Today's guest is Patrick Millen. He's an old, dear friend of mine and somebody who I've been trying to get on the show for quite some time. I think roughly six or eight months now we've been trying to coordinate, but between the two of us, we're pretty hard to track down and pretty hard to pin down. So I'm really happy that we finally got to connect and make this happen. At the young age of 32, Pat's pretty much already run a good portion of the gauntlet of the human experiences, and in my mind has always been very attuned and self-aware of his internal processes as he goes through the ebbs and flows of life. In today's discussion, we cover a variety of topics, but focus on an area of Pat's life that many of us can relate to, yet few are willing and or strong enough to talk honestly and openly about. For anyone that has ever battled with emotional disorders like depression, or struggled with addiction or substance abuse, and or have just found themselves hitting rock bottom and had no idea where to head from there, this discussion will be particularly pertinent to you. That being said, I think on a certain level, we can all relate to the life challenges and processes that he's gone through and is now brave enough to put words to. Pat is not only a person with a lot to offer the world around him, but he's a massive inspiration to myself and others, and has become a kind of phoenix in his own right, rising from the ashes and chasing a dream to fulfill his destiny and live a life that he deserves to live. He's got some amazing stories, valuable wisdom and insights to share with all of you. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. And without further ado, I give you episode number 12 with Patrick Millen. All right, let's do it. Well, Patrick. Hello. Hello, Evan. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Offshore Insights. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm stoked you made the time, and uh, I know your time's tight, so I do It's not that tight. Not that tight. Always got time. Yeah. Always have time. I appreciate you making the time, though. That's sweet. Yeah, man. Good to see you. Yeah, I know. It's Happy good to, to catch be, up. Happy to be here. Yeah, dude. Um, I guess just starting off, I was kind of hoping that you would maybe introduce yourself however you like and um, and maybe just tell us a little bit about kind of where you grew up and, and what you're doing now. Okay. Um, yeah. So my name is Patrick Millen and uh, just had my birthday. I'm 32 years old. Um, I was born in Los Angeles. And then I moved to Montana when I was one. Uh, lived there. Until, Didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Lived there until I was about four, and then from there I moved to the Big Island of Hawaii, and um, I lived there until I was eight. Um, my mom is from the Big Island of, of Hawaii, so um, yeah. And then I moved moved back to California, and then came to San Diego, and then ended up moving back to. Um, well, I think we lived in Florida for a little bit and then moved to Kauai 
and then came back here. Like, I, yeah, moved, a lot of movement. Damn, dude. It was crazy. All over the uh, map. I've been in San Diego for since I was 14 until I was 30. And then, um, you know, I moved up to L.A. a few years ago. Uh-huh. So. Where you've been up until this point and uh, about to ship out to New York. Yeah. And, uh, and what are you doing currently professionally? I'm a professional stuntman and actor. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that... So you would have been 14. I think we first met each other when I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. Uh, almost certainly surfing at Seaside or Pillbox or somewhere locally. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I know that certainly it was true for us at the time and, and I think still is for many kids that, you know, the fantasy of growing up to be a professional surfer is like so impactful in people's lives around here. And yeah. uh, you're definitely one of the few people that I think of, of at least my immediate peer groups who really stuck with that the longest and committed themselves, you know, like really dedicated yeah, and tried yeah. to see that through, Yeah, which is really cool. Um, where do you, where do you think that that drive to become the pro surfer came from for you? Oh, let's see. So I, I actually wanted to be a professional skateboarder nice. and, um, yeah, so I remember that you were more into skating when I first met you. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. I moved, when I moved back from, um, Kauai, it was funny. Like I lived in Hawaii, but I was a skateboarder. Like uh-huh. I hung out at the skate park, you right. know, and my brother was surfing. I, I would surf like once every few months. Um, and a lot of the times like I'd be so stoned that, you know, I'd go out and surf these like heavy reef breaks and just get thrashed on the reef <laughs> and be like, all right, I'm good with that. You know? Yeah. Um, so when I moved back here, a lot of my childhood friends, um, they were all just incredible skateboarders, like insane like the best street skaters around, like, you know, they're 14, 15 year old kids, like jumping down 20 stairs and doing all this crazy stuff. I remember, stuff. I remember some of those kids, they yeah. were dominant. That yeah. was like a whole uh, generational kind of subgroup that was super prolific in the skate scene. Totally. So when I came back, I, my, I wasn't on the level with them, you know, but I was, I, it was like a crash course. It was like, I need to get on their level. So right. I had spent like, I want to say two years just hucking my body down like huge sets of stairs and handrails and gaps and stuff and and really suffering but like I just I wanted to be a part of their gangs like so so bad I would do anything you know mm-hmm. um, and eventually like my talent caught up with my heart you know and uh, it was it was incredible and I I want, like I said, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder and it started happening. I got some little sponsors and stuff and, and then I, I ended up hurting myself. I kept breaking bones and, you know, getting scraped up and, and all that, you know, that comes along with skateboarding. And, uh, my older brother was starting to surf professionally and he was like getting on some trips to Hawaii and he was, you know, tan skin and <laughs> all the girls at our high school, were, they're always like, oh, Mikey, like I'm just like this filthy little skate rat with like chipped teeth and fucking <laughs> broken bones and you know cut all the time and and uh, yeah, I remember I cracked my my heel bone jumping down a 17 stair and I was the worst pain I've ever experienced up to that point. And I was like, I'm done. Like I'm fucking. I'm done. I'm going surfing. You know and. It's mm-hmm. wild because I made that jump and like, I, you know, I, st- I learned to surf when I was, I want to say when I was 12 mm-hmm. 
and then I would kind of dabble with it, you know, here and there, just whatever. And then, you know, basically when I was 16, I, I stopped skating and I started surfing full time. And, um, honestly, my, my whole motivation was just to crush my older brother. I like, bet. I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to crush him. Like I'm going to be so much better than him. Um, he's not going to know what to do. I remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember even making note of how rapid your progress was and, how, and the level of competition between you guys. It yeah. was so palpable. Yeah. I mean, it was like very tangible when you guys would hang out surfing together. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Younger brother's coming, dude. I know. I was, yeah. I was coming. And it's funny. I'd always steal surfboards and shit. And like, cause he had a, a, surf, a surfboard sponsor at the time and he'd have some new boards. And yeah, I would steal his boards and he'd get so pissed because I'd just destroy <laughs> surfboards. I, yeah. Yeah, you even skate to this on day, them, right? yeah, yeah, still to this day, I destroy surfboards. But yeah. um, well, where do you, th- if you could trace that drive in general? Obviously, it sounds like it originated more with skating and, and translated into surfing. But do you have any sense of kind of the origins of that, like real committed drive? Yeah, it was. Um, it was honestly, it was it was a, a form of escape for me. You know, um, growing up, just really. Um, rocky childhood you know with some uh drug addict alcoholic parents and um it was i don't know i always went to like even when i was really young like i was really into bmx you know like so i I just attached to myself to things that would really force me into the moment you know Mm -hmm. and it was like it was always something to do with some action sports right so it was like when i was really young it was like bmx and really into BMX and I want to be a professional BMX rider, you know? And and like, I was like nine years old trying to huck backflips. Like I'm doing it, hitting 20 foot jump, like going for it. I was just always had that in me, you know? And, um, and then it was like skateboarding and, and then it was surfing, you know? And it was like my life on land and with family was, it was, it was awful to be honest with you. Like it was, it was really, really hard. And, um, like these sports, especially surfing like through the hardest period of my life well one of the many right one of the many yeah um, but you know i i found myself i was 16 and um my my dad had a, a mattress shop here in solana beach and um he was sober for like 16 years and but not you know not working a program in, in AA or anything, just kind of a dry drunk, you know, and, uh, he hurt his back and we actually lived inside this. Mattress. I remember. Yeah. We lived yeah. like there was a little tiny studio in the back where my mom and dad would sleep and me and my brother would be on the beds, like, yeah. you know, in sleeping bags <laughs> going to Torrey Pines high school. You right. Know? And it was like this big dirty secret that right. we lived there. Like people, kids would be like, where do you live, man? We're like, yeah. Oh, we, we live in, Carl's bad. Like, right. so it was like this weird lie, you know? Yeah. And, well, especially uh, in a place like Torrey Pines and Del Mar, California, where it's just such a high level of affluence that even a, a whatever, you know, middle income family would feel like yeah. a poor family. Yeah, you totally. Know? I mean, got kids driving fucking Maseratis to, you know, school and stuff. You know? Exactly. It's just like, yeah. So I just already, yeah, I just, uh, it was, it was really difficult. And then, you know, my dad hurt his back and then he got hooked on pain pills and then boom, he was drinking, you know, right. and lost the business and 
was like, you guys are on your own. And, um, you know, I was 16 years old. I was just about to become a senior in high school and I was living in my fucking car, you know? Yeah. And like, I didn't want to, like, I made it all the way to my senior year. I didn't want to drop out right before I was going to finish, you know? So sure. I was really stuck in this weird spot, you know? Um, but I poured everything into, into my surfing mm -hmm. basically. Right. It was yeah. like, I want to be a professional surfer. It was your outlet. It was my outlet. Like yeah. I was in the water. I don't even know. I'd surf three times a day, you know? And it's like whenever I just couldn't handle my emotions and my feelings, like, like surfing was always there for me, like no matter what. You right. Know? And I get that sense of security or, or safety when I'm in the water, which is weird. And, and it's like I'm floating, you know, and I feel the most comfortable when I'm floating in water. So, yeah, yeah, it was like it was escape, but also it was an outlet. Like mm -hmm. it was everything wrapped up into one. Right. Yeah. Um, and like looking back on it now, like I, I was like, I want to be a professional uh, surfer, you know? And I was like, I pretty much started when I was 16 years old. Right. And I'm like, I don't really do contests. Like I'm not even that fucking good. Right. Like, how is this even going to work out? You know, I, I don't know. Like in my mind, I was kind of, I guess like my desire was so strong that it just pulled the forces to me, you know, the manifestation. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I keep revisiting that cause I'm like, wow, I like totally manifested sure. that whole deal. Yeah. Uh, my surf career out of nothing, you know? And it, and it's like, wow, that shit's real, you know? <clears throat> um, that was always my impression from me, uh, of you from afar rather, uh, despite being friends that from the outside, it was like, I just saw this magnetism that you had, uh, in terms of your sheer drive and your will that was like enigmatic. You know, I think, I think people were drawn to that. You know, I remember I looked up to you for that same reason, you know, being only a couple years younger even was just like, yeah. wow, I mean, this guy's like fucking, this guy's got a fire. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> I need, I need to warm these hands, you know, like <laughs> what's up, oh, you know? Thanks, yeah, that. for sure. Something well, I'm totally not aware of, by the way. It's like, I'm like, the whole time I'm thinking I'm just... Yeah, but I think it's a definitely an inherent part of you. I mean, I think it's it seems like that translates into all areas of your life that you pursue, that that's kind of a core disposition you have, you know, is yeah. this, this real fire and this drive and that burn seems to lead you to some, you know, places with more light at least yeah. in time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It seemed at least... From the outside, like you fairly quickly were getting some notoriety once you did really dig your heels in on the surfing, where yeah. it was like you were getting some media coverage, you know, some notable press coverage, all this stuff. But of course, it wasn't like, you know, any of that was shy of any of the pitfalls of that progress, right? Yeah. That the people go through. Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, you kind of touched on it, but like, how did you imagine pro surfing as a kid being versus now looking back in retrospect, like what it was really like? Well, you know, not to sound like the bitter, the bitter ex pro athlete or whatever, but um, hey man, shoot, just shoot from the hip. It's <laughs> it's um, you know, looking back on it now, it's a young man's game, you know, and um, it's it's oh, I don't know if I could say it's a facade, but like. I remember I had this experience. I was with my brother, and there was this pro surfer. His name was Matt. Um, 
God, what's his name? He wrote for Realm. Uh, I don't know. He was a big pro surfer at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, he sees spreads in Surfer Magazine. And we walked into Jake's Delmar. And there he was, waiting tables. Right. And I was like, we were both like, what? Like, why is this guy waiting tables? Yeah, you're at a poster like, on my wall. Yeah, yeah, you're a legend. Like, yeah. you know, so my perception of that was like, you turn pro and, like, you're good. You know? Totally. You're going to be traveling and making killer money and and you know so in that sense it's not really like that i mean maybe there's a handful maybe there's 20 guys in the world that live that that's their experience yeah where they're really really rocking you know yeah and uh you know i always like to say like i got paid in lifestyle because i really did like i got to travel the world for free and get paid to do it like a little bit of money you know sure um so and it was fun, like funny, like my first paycheck ever was for 350 bucks a month. And I was like, I was 18, almost 19. I was like, psych. I'm a professional surfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Surf, dude. Yeah. Like I'm quitting everything. Yeah. Like I'm going on tour, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. And slowly I just kept grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding. And I started making a little more money, getting more exposure, exposure. And... But like I, I never had a backup plan. Like it was just, like, this is where it got really interesting for me because, like, I had all this like gnarly trauma throughout my entire life that I just ran from, never dealt with, right? And then like, I worked my ass off to to have my dream become a reality. But like, what that did was it just gave me more time to, to run from all this mm-hmm. shit in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, my identity, my self-worth, everything was wrapped up in this, I'm this pro surfer, mm-hmm. right? These external validations kind of... Yeah, and yeah. It, was, it was like, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, if this doesn't work out, then I'll just kill myself. That's it. Yeah. Like, that was it. It was like, yeah. you know, and, like, meanwhile, like, I'm getting to do all these amazing trips, but I'm like, I have so much pain that mm. I'm carrying around and and that's when I really started to um, you know I was actually when I was 16 like when I really first discovered alcohol mm-hmm. and like the effect it had on me um, I remember I was living in my car and I went to a little house party I was with some of my best friends Casey mm-hmm. and Brad and a couple of others and a few, few girls there they're all they're all having a really good time and like I was in the corner, just I just wanted to die. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so scared. I didn't know what what I was. Like. There was no security. Like I didn't know what to do. And it was just like erupting out of my chest. You know, and there was a bottle of uh, pop off vodka, and I'll never forget it to this day. I grabbed that bottle and I took a huge pop off of it, and like that big fucking ice block I had in my chest, it just melted melted away and it was like I could breathe and I was like that's what I've been looking for this entire time it was like relief you know from like that pain and that like everything like I wasn't scared like that fear that that eroding fear was like it just numbed it out you know and that's how I dealt with any like emotion or life situation from that point on. Yeah. 
the self medication. Oh, I feel, and I'm really like I don't show it, but I'm a really sensitive guy, right. and like I can feel people on a vibrational level, mm-hmm. and I'm just learning, like you know, discovering this. <laughs> in yeah, my, uh, <laughs> putting the, the pieces years. together. Yeah, <laughs> and um, like from that point on, that's how I dealt with, like I said, like any emotion or life event or situation. Yeah. I just numb the pain, numbed it out. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. And it is one of the best tools for that. It really fucking works. And like, yeah. that's what I tell people. It's like, of course it's temporary and it never leads to a positive outcome, but it does the fucking job. It I mean, does the job. Yeah. And like, I, I thank alcohol cause it kept me alive. I wouldn't be, I mean, there's a few times where I was like, dude, I'm out. I'm done. Like I can't, right. I can't do this anymore. And I right. drink and it would suppress it. And it got yeah. me through some really dark times. So I love alcohol for that. Sure. Like it really did, you know. And by the way, I'm sober, so we'll get to that. Now. <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah, but um, well, I mean, alcohol also also led you to your sobriety. Yes, that's, you know, that's I mean, true. I mean, you wouldn't have gotten to the point you're at now had you not gone so heavy. Yeah, you know, that's true. So in a way, you can still, you know, have clean hands and say, I appreciate the role that that played. You know, mm-hmm. but I was like, throughout my my surfing career, I was so tormented by it because. Mm. I would like come from nothing. I had my dream happen. And then I was like squandering it because like when I drank, I couldn't have a beer. Like Mm. I'm getting drunk every single time. And like for years I would get up at 6am no matter what, dude. Like I was up out in the water surfing, like still drunk, you know? And I did that for a long time. But then it starts like, Oh fuck, I'm sleeping in. I got nothing. I'm hurting. Like, body can't keep it's not up sustainable with it. yeah yeah and um so i was like really tormented like i always wished that i could be sober and like i remember i'd always watch those like firsthand fuel tvs with like dave mira and it mm. just showed like what a true professional athlete does right. and i like wanted that so bad you know like i wanted to be this like family man this sober dude this professional athlete that like inspiration to to kid or whoever you know like I wanted that so bad, but I couldn't, I couldn't not drink, you know, like I just, I'd have one beer and then like, dude, it's on, you know, and that usually turned into like four days or something. Sure. And then it's like, I'm missing stuff and then I'm surfing like shit, like maybe one out of 10 times, like, you know, like, yeah, it just snowballs. Yeah. You know, and just like pinging off the bottom like then I'd pull it back I'd get good and then hit the bottom again boom 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 and meanwhile no backup plan it was like my backup plan was to kill myself basically like this didn't work out then yeah I'm just gonna you're all in yeah I'm all in yeah and sure enough it's like 2008 you know recession hits right and like people are getting chopped left and right like market yeah. budgets done totally. dot, 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 dot. you yeah. know and I made it through 2009 and then um, I just knew I was so f- afraid I was in, like in Australia or something and I think I got I got a call I was like oh yeah like we're, we're cutting you you're done you know the whole team is like done yeah and it was like going into 2010 and there I was like just no tools to deal with life and mm. like my only backup plan was to kill myself you know right and uh, I remember I was like, well, now what? Like, super desperate trying to get a, a new sponsor. And, like, no one's getting deals in. Like, yeah. I was so lucky well, to have a deal. And I, and I think that it's important to point out that, you know, being so inundated in the action sports community, I mean, obviously, 
let's just say personal genetic dispositions aside, yeah. that it's pretty widely known that action sports as an industry, as a culture has definitely normalized and in some cases even glorified, you know, substance abuse and personal neglect, you know? Well, yeah. And yeah, right. You know, it's like, well, fuck rock stars gotta be rock stars, right? You yeah. want to hear about your sob stories, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, this is really a, a long-standing kind of prolific issue that, that it's still taboo to talk about this stuff and yeah. how enabling, you know, these forces are for people in their lives who are really struggling with stuff, you know, yourself included, yeah. obviously, and many other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess kind of, we're, we're really just starting to open discussions about that in popular culture. I think that the death of Andy Irons and a few other notable things in the documentaries that, that followed thereafter have kind of begun to scratch the surface, but yeah. I think we're really just starting to open the can of worms here yeah. and there's so much more to be unearthed because mm-hmm. it's an age old tale, you know, of people who burn out because of these factors, you know, the compounding of their personal life issues with these kind of sometimes nefarious, sometimes not, but enabling influences through yeah. the industry. Yeah. Um, I guess for you, given that, social networking is such an intrinsic part of like growing your career and even maintaining it. Yeah. Um, how do you see the influence of, of that activity and or those groups that you had to interact with as affecting your process during that time? Like what influence did that have on you? I mean, you're trying to sort through the mess and, you know, get through the gray areas and figure out what's what, you know, I mean, sometime like, and for better or worse, like I always felt like before it's like, Oh, I need to have a a good night with that guy partying, you know. So, right, you'll like get some cool see how freaking rad. And we cut like yeah. cut out that weird awkwardness and uh-huh. come bros, you know. Mm-hmm. Like and yeah, get loaded a, together. Better way to do it is like yeah, you know, chuck a few tins down the down the can. Yeah, buy a beer, know? get loaded, have yeah, some laughs. Crazy ass time. So, yeah. um, I mean, it worked for some things for sure, you know. But, right. Uh, it just was like something I could not control, you know, but then I couldn't like understand how you could live life without it. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like how, and, and, and also too, it's like, Hey, like you have your, your endorsements and it's like, here's your little allowance for the month. Right. Right. It's going to be there next month. Hopefully. Yeah. But it's like, go for it. There's no one here. Like, I, I didn't have any, like, real right. mentors in my life. So sure. it was like, I was just kind of in the operating, you know, pushing buttons. And I think I'll go here and, you know. Pushing your limits, finding your limits. Yeah. yeah or like, okay, I got this much money. I'm going to go on a four-day bender right now. I got nothing right. going fuck on. It. Like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm a free surfer. Yeah. You know, like, it's on. Yeah. And, yeah. like, looking back on that now, I regret, like, God, I, w- I wish that I would have had a little side job, mm. you know, and like stockpiled that cash and then went and surfed freaking 30 foot chopu and like, right. you know, got into the Vulcan pipeline contest. Cause that was always a dream of mine too, you know, but there's steps you need to take. You got to do some QS's mm-hmm. to get points to get yeah. into the Vulcan. grind your way to the top. Yeah. yeah. And like, I was always like just struggling financially. Cause I was like, ah, oh, fucking, I wanted more money, you know, from the sponsors. But, but then I wasn't, like I was working my my ass off, I was, but there was more I could. Looking back on it, there was way more I could have sure. applied yourself to. Yeah, yeah. just to make my <clears throat> my situation because I had a really it was like this big thrust, you know, and I could have used that big thrust with these brands that I first rode for 
to jump onto the next level, the next big thrust, right? Onto a mainstream level, and it just I rode the thrust and then I fell to the ground, right? You know, yeah. Um, there was no contingency plan laid out. It was just like no get to the top. But I was doing the best I could with, at the time, you know, with the right. information I had. And yeah. Just well, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, part, part of why I asked you to come on to the show and talk about this stuff is because I've always looked up to you as somebody who's been very honest and, and you know, has the ability to be vulnerable um, and transparent about these, these struggles because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, myself having dealt with some similar struggles in my life around substance abuse and, and uh, self-medication and depression and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, how we deal with the pains and traumas, right? You yeah. know, that, that we're, we're given to deal with, I guess. And um, I guess I'm, I'm just curious at what point for you, or I guess rather, was there a point in which you decide like definitively things have to change and that you realize you need to seek help those outside of your normal community because it's such a a silo community where you know it's this echo chamber like oh you're good like someone can always talk you back into like no no you're good dude don't worry about it yeah you're fine you're fine yeah but at some point it seemed like you made a definitive effort to like break from that community and and reach outside people you know and, and kind of seek resources yeah i um so like you know like i said recession hit Boom, 2008, nine, lost the, spo- the main sponsors in 2010. And I was like, now what? I got to go wait bus tables or something, you know? And I remember I got a job down here at Zembu mm-hmm. um, bar backing. And like my ego, like mm. I was just crawling in my skin, dude. Because it was like, fuck, I'm a failure. Look, at I'm here like washing freaking somebody's bitch. Someone's yeah. bitch. Yeah, yeah, it just, I, you know, and I would sneak in the back and I would drink yep. every night that I worked there. Yeah. <laughs> Snagging pints out of the, you know, chugging it just to like be able to go out and deal. And like, I know, I knew everyone so that people would come in and be like, Pat, like what, what are you doing here, bro? And I'm like, Oh, I'm bar backing now. Like Washing some glasses. Yeah. It was just humble pie, you know, yeah. like, but I couldn't see what was happening. Um, yeah. and it really, man, I went into the darkest, like spin out depression, Ever. I think I was drunk for like six months straight. I was just... How old were you at that point? I was 23 years old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like I said, I just... It was weird. Like, you know, depression is a big part of it. And it was like... It was like this like low playing melody in the background. It was like, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to kill yourself. You're going to kill every day. Every hour. Like... You know, and then finally it was like, fuck, you're right. I am going to kill myself. Like, I'm absolutely going to do this, mm-hmm. you know? And then finally I you got... stopped fighting the voice as much. Yeah, it just yeah. was like, yeah, okay, I'm done, you know? I'm done with this. And um, I mean, I'll never forget, I was drinking, uh, like I said, I've been drinking for like almost six months straight. Yeah. And I was like, I took, uh, well, I took some outside issues, some, some drugs, and I was drinking whiskey. And uh, I was down here uh, at the saloon or a local bar, and I was just, like, I was surrounded by, if it could be a million people, but I was all alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was just in that really dark place. And I remember I walked over to the train tracks over there and waited for a train. One of those Amtrak ones that comes flying by at like 70 miles an hour. And I had that full moment. I just stood on the tracks. I was like, this is it. I'm out. 
Wow. And uh, the train came like 10 feet from me. Checking out, I jumped out of the way at the last second. Yeah. Wow! And but I'll never forget that day. I was that night. I was laying in the rocks as I trained the horn and the, and I was just laying in those rocks, and I was so fucking broken, man. Like I just I can't explain to you how broken I was like that night. You know, I was just shattered, crying my fucking brains out, dude. And um. My older brother was a year and a half sober at the time. I called him. I was like, dude, I almost just killed myself. Like, dude, I need help, bro. Like, crying my fucking brains out. You know? Wow. And um, he's like, all right. He stayed with me, with me that night, and then he took me to a, an AA meeting the next day. And, and still to this day, like, that was one of the most depressing meetings I ever went to. Sure. And I was like, fuck, that's not going to work. Right. And I went back, and I started drinking again. And I got... I went for about two more weeks and I got in that same place where I was like, dude, I'm either going to get sober or I'm going to die. It was a broken record at that point. Yeah. It yeah. was like, that was it. Cause I, I honestly, like I would wake up over those few <clears throat> last few years of my life or drinking. It was like my three options were keep drinking to numb it out. Um, kill yourself or get sober. It was like that. Mm-hmm. For years, I'd wake up like that and just, oh, like that feeling in your chest, you know? And, um, you know, I got to that, that point again, and and then I walked into a meeting on my own, into an AA meeting. Mm-hmm. And this was more your choice, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, this is totally my choice. So I was like, dude, I might as well give it a shot, you know? Right. Because what else? I might as well. I can go. And did that meeting feel different out of your own free will choosing to be there? Yeah, it did. And I got, yeah, I got a big book and I went and read like the first 164 pages of it. And there was some stuff in there that really stood out to me that made it attractive, you know? Mm. And, um, and I wish that I stayed sober then. I did for a month straight. I was totally clean and sober, working the steps, doing the deal. And then like, the little, the little demon in the mind came out. It's like, oh, like, oh, yeah, you can just use AA for your alcohol problem. Because your life's a wreck because you, your alcoholism, you, you drink. And like, and then I started doing some other stuff on the side. But I, I was like, still sober, you know? Right. I was sober. And, uh, and I ran that program for almost six months. And then my brother's like, dude, what are you doing, dude? Like, Right. You're not fucking sober. Like, who are you fooling? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, just drink. And I was like, what? I was like, fuck you. You know? Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, you're right. And like, it was weird. Like, I ended up getting a new sponsor. I was getting paid again. I was traveling. And it was like, I remember I just got this spread in Transworld. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was all stoked. And I was with with my my Aussie roommate at the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about having some beers. And he's like, yeah, you've been working hard. Like, fucking celebrate. You know? I was like, right on. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, tomorrow I'll wake up and recommit right. to the program. You're rationalizing it. Yeah. yeah. And I uh, had a couple beers, a shot of uh, whiskey, and I had some Xanax that my mom had given me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, let's get those things and kind of do some things with that, with those things, you know? 
did those things. And then it was like, we're going to Mexico to fucking party, you know, and I'll drive. I'm good. You it's know, like yeah. And got in my car and like totally freaking blank tape rolled across my phone with you. got a DUI. Like, uh, it was gnarly, you know, yeah. and like I got sober for a little bit and then I started drinking again after that whole ordeal. And I was like, I need to get out of here. I went to New York. And so that's where I met my uh, my baby mama now. But um, I was out there cleaning sober, doing the deal. And I was like, I can't. I was like, I'm all in. I'm not doing what I just did. And I came back to California. I went to my friend's birthday party. And he's like, yo, I got some uh, so-and-so. Like, you, you want some? I'm like, yeah. And I went right back into doing the same thing for right. like four months. And then I drank again. Right. And uh, by this time, I had met my my ex and uh, we got engaged and and then we I started drinking with her and we had some good times and it got really bad and then she just you know she looked at me and was like dude you're not the man I met you know like I'm leaving like she was out yeah you know so that really like stuck with me I didn't mm. want to lose that yeah uh, connection so I yeah. ended up getting sober so she really helped me get sober sure know? Um, and I've been sober ever since, clean yeah. sober. You know? Yeah, and you're kicking ass. Yeah, as well, kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. kicking ass, kicking ass. Well, it sounds like I mean, it, it seems as if basically you, at least, were putting your intention and some effort into, you know, breaking this pattern. But it seemed like everywhere you turned, there were these kind of triggers and/or enabling components that were reintroducing themselves into your life every time that you thought you were resetting you know, these things would, would arise and, mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, the addictive components were, are too strong sometimes to overcome those, at least in the moment. Right. Well, it's just like not wanting to feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to feel right you now. And, and whatever does that. For it's me. like, if I'm bored, like I really struggle with being bored. Like I, I, I've always had this like need, like it happened to me couple days ago I was like fuck I'm just crawling in my skin and I was like this was skydive right now talking to you yeah probably yeah like oh I'm just gonna go skydive like I need to do something that really Uh puts me in this crazy takes you out of your head right yeah it takes me out of my head so something's intense enough to to make you present and not yeah swimming in your thoughts right yeah exactly so now it's like I'm learning it's like okay meditate you know like that's like having a beer for me. It's like okay, now I'm yeah. meditating. Oh, way like, more effective ultimately. Really intense runs, you know. Where I'm just fuck, I gotta get it out. Yeah. Um, but it seems like this pattern speaks to, um, you know, I, I guess maybe you could tell us a little bit about the importance of the company that you keep. You know yeah. What I mean, yeah. in terms of uh, how important it is to set these healthy limits and boundaries in your life. Um, yeah. Despite the fact that, you know, you may love certain people or certain, you know, uh, friends for different reasons and that's totally fine, but that you may need to, for self-preservation, you know, distance yourself and isolate yourself from those things. Yeah. 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 Um, I always joke around with some of my buddies or my brother, like I'm, uh, I'm the duck that soars with eagles, (laughs) but one day I will become an eagle, you know? Yeah. That's always been like my, my deal growing up. Like, yeah, I'm not like crazy talented but I recognize people that are right and like I get around those people yep because they're gonna I'm I'm gonna either get on their level or I'm, or I'm not you know what I mean 
So I really try to surround myself with people that are like the best at what they do, you know? And somehow I've been able to do that throughout my life is get around these just incredible human beings that are just, you know, out of this world talented, you know? And like, I get to see what they do um, and how they do it to become that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it rubs off on you, right? That, yeah, that's uh, the part I was going to say is that inevitably, even if you don't ultimately get to their level, so to speak, you're going to get some of that, you know, yeah. positive vibration that, that you're seeking, you know, just by being in proximity to these people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And just putting in the work too, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, just like anyone, but like, you know, you don't see what really is going into what they're doing. You know, you just might well, see a little... 10 second video on Instagram. It's like, yeah, that guy, you know, right. Look at him. Right. Crushing life. Yeah. Yeah. It's because he's got a connection. Right. You know, it's like, he must work out. Yeah. He must work out or, (laughs) or someone that like sold their company for millions of dollars. And they're like, overnight, that guy is just, that dude dude has been grinding for 10, 12, 15, 20 years. Like, like that Jason Momoa dude, Uh the guy's been grinding for 20 years. And all of a sudden he's, Aquaman. Right. And like, where did he come from? He just blew up out of nowhere. It's like, no, dude, like me, I've been, you know, getting into this, you know, stunt man acting and like, you know, I watch a lot of stuff because it's like, I get to study it. Mm -hmm. Old movies, new movies, but like a lot of the old stuff, like you'll see a really famous actor now in something like 20 years ago where you're like, God, that guy has been grinding this entire time yeah and now he's yeah now all of a sudden he's a big deal right right um so i don't i don't know i don't know where i went with that but no i think that was pretty spot on i mean it seems like it's a pretty uh common if not universal human attribute that if a person dedicates themselves and they commit themselves so intensely to something for a long period of time that that kind of becomes an inherent part of how they self-identify right and then as life happens and, and events unfold that can't be foreseen and they disrupt our path or, or change the trajectory of what we, you know, had planned on doing Yeah, that you kind of get to this point, this crossroads where you got to take a step back and figure out how to put the pieces back together and make sense of it all. Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I think that, um, obviously it sounds like you went through quite an evolution through these things and, and there were some major, you know, you already kind of spoke to it, some of these identity ties that were like really hard to let go of and and so much so that you didn't know who you were it sounds like without it right yeah it was like an intrinsic part of who you were Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden this thing's taken away um i mean what do you what is it like to go through a kind of metaphor metamorphosis like that where you're you're just completely changing from one form to another and all of a sudden you have to find yourself in there it's really painful yeah it's because there's there's nothing, baby, to hide behind. Yeah. It's like, there's no, and that's how I go through life today. It's like, dude, there's, there's nothing to hide behind, you know? Yeah. Like, I got to feel everything. Yeah. And, um. Air it out. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy, dude. Like, I always, like, I, I always go, like, I'm all or nothing, you know? It's like, I'll jump out of a, an airplane without a parachute. No problem. We go now. I go. Yeah. You know, but then like halfway through, I'm like, oh shit, I'm not wearing a fucking parachute, man. Like, I'm going to fucking die. And it's like, I got to 
learn how to fly, yeah. you know? I gotta learn how to fly yeah. before I hit the ground. Like so, you jump in the ocean, but you know how to swim, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, that's kind of, it's like a blessing and a curse for me, you know? Sure. Because it's like, boom, like amazing things happen, but also it's a really scary, gnarly, mm. painful journey, you know? And that's yeah. just how it's been my whole life. Like, God, it's beautiful, but damn, there's some scary ass moments in it. And yeah. Some really painful ones, you know? Well, it's extreme in all directions, right? All extreme. You're hitting yeah. polarities. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's incredible. You know, I, I mean, I, there's no other way though for me. It's just, I know who I am. You know, Have you I, gotten to a point where you feel, um, more, more settled, at least relatively speaking, or in some way at peace about, um, approaching further change in your life and, and how that can be something that's okay. And it doesn't have to be this disruption like, uh, I guess having having gotten to the other side, so to speak, from your initial transition in this identity, you know, association, do you now look at your future as like, well, there may be future changes that are, you know, pivots and, and yeah. identity changes? Yeah, me, like, personally, like, I, you know, it's one of those things, like, you don't see your progress, but right. other people do. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, you know? And, like, I don't see or feel that. I mean, I do to a certain extent, for sure. Um, but I'm still like really hard on myself, you know, yeah. and, um, it's, uh, trying to think, you know, I, I'm just trying, you know, another thing like that I really struggle with is like, it's like in my mind, it's like, I need, like, I come from nothing and I need to be this huge massive success uh -huh. you know and like like there's a compensation yeah it's like I have to become and it's like no I don't like you know it'd be nice to, to be very successful one day absolutely like absolutely I would love to inspire some people you know mm -hmm. and um, and um, God, there's this movie uh, with, with Chris Pine and um, Jeff Bridges. Uh, but Chris Pine, like he, he Jeff Bridges is a is a sheriff, and like Chris Pine has been robbing banks, you know, and, and he Jeff Bridges oh, I, is I know, exactly. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, the ending scene. He's like, yes, yeah, yeah. He's like, I, you know, Jeff was like, he's like, I'd picture you'd have motorbike. If your brother's still alive, you'd have motorcycles and, you know, a bunch of bullshit out here. And he's like, but not you. You're smart. He's like, I, I don't understand. And he's like, you know, my, my daddy's daddy was poor. My daddy was poor. I was poor. Like a disease, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like, not my boys. Not my boys. So it's like, feel like that you know it's like you feel I like you had to break the chain break the fucking chain yeah you know it's like it's a disease within both sides of my family and it's like i'm done with that you yeah. know like feeling I that weight that burden yeah i want like my daughter to to have a life beyond her wildest dreams and mm -hmm. so do i you know sure. rightfully so um so i'm just trying but also like I know certain people, like, I believe that they have, like, they chose this character or, or life run, you know? What are the lessons here? Like, because some things flow to certain people mm -hmm. more than others, you know, and some have to work for others. Like, it's just 
part of their journey, you know? So I'm trying to really surrender that, like know that like one day me and you, we are going to die. And that is a fact. It's one of the few facts we can count on. Certain. So there's already a story laid out within that, Mm -hmm. you know, up until that point. There is an end. Yeah, there is an end. Yeah. So it's, there's magic there. You know, there's certain things that life is going to, take us based on our choices, you know, which direction that we go. But I'm trying to like surrender to that, you know, yeah. and go with the flow and like really listen to my intuition and my heart, you know? Um, well, I think that's really wise. I mean, I, I think that um, a lot of the suffering and struggling in life comes from our attachments and the lack, the, the attachments we hold and our lack of ability to let go, yeah. to surrender to, to yeah. things. And I think that, that's commonly misunderstood as, as some form of uh, apathy or weakness, but really it's, it's a, yeah. um, it takes a real strength to like to surrender to things that are outside of your control. And once you have that perspective and that time to figure out where you can have an influence and, and have a dance with those forces, right? Yeah. Or you can regain some control too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously it's laid out and like, you know, it's like you're on social media. It's like, it's like, instantly jealous like right, yeah. i'm not on that trip i'm not working on that yeah. film or tv show i'm not i don't have this beautiful girlfriend right now yeah. and da 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 and it's yeah. like you know it's, it's the psychology all, of comparison yeah and you're yeah. just you're like god i feel like a piece of shit right yeah. now you know do you ever get that urge when you're feeling that specifically with social media that like you're like i gotta post something yeah yeah, self gratification. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just, that I is just the most. <laughs> 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 oh man, it is. That is. I've been noticing that, um, or I've been trying to become more mindful of my interactions in general yeah. with technology and social media, certainly. But um, that was one of the components that that uh, I caught myself thinking at some point, and I was just like, "Man, that is such a twisted psychology." Yeah, I know. You know. I know. Well, fuck, I better say something. Otherwise, I'm going to disappear, you know, into this, you know, dark space. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, mean, it's another form of of addiction and drugs as we're learning more about it, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's no no coincidence that it's designed that way um, and that people participate and follow suit with that. Yeah. Um, Well, one thing, I mean, you you touched on a little bit earlier, but obviously um, when you met your baby mama, um, you know, you entered into this committed, loving relationship, and now that came your beautiful daughter, Penny. And, yeah, well, uh, to, let's take it back. It was like, remember I told you I'd jump out of a, a plane without a parachute? Yeah. Like, that's like, it was like, she was like, yeah, I love her to death, absolutely, you know? And But it was like, she's going to fix this. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's going to, it's going to fit, like... Yeah. The family guy and the and the kid and the yeah it's all gonna it's gonna fix this. This is you know? the puzzle piece I've been missing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I don't know how to be with someone. You know? Yeah. Like it was uh, in a in a loving, you know, sane way. Like yeah, I, my no, no archetypes or role models to follow. Yeah, yeah, mine was like it was awful. So like I said, doing the best I could with the information I had at the time. Yeah. But, um, how do you think that once Penny came into your life, how do you see that shifting, you know, whether it be values or the way that you look at life decisions as a result of that? I, I felt, um, like I was never, um, tethered to the earth. I was always floating and I was like, like 
I know for a fact that that little beautiful girl was sent here to keep me mm. tethered to be a rock to the earth. Yeah. Cause like if she wasn't here, I would be like, I don't know if I really enjoy this, you know, this right. place. It's kind of a hostile deal. You know, it's been a gnarly trip for me. So like she was sent here, I feel to keep me grounded here on earth. <laughs> Um, I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Cause I think a lot time, of people feel that way. Yeah. The timing of it all. And it is its purpose. And like, well, and it's my, also just, I mean, you would know this better than I, but the thing that I hear almost universally from, from new fathers and or mothers is just that there's just this undeniable innocence that reminds you of the purity of life. You know, that, that, that maybe even you yourself can't recall at all yeah, or have, don't have access to in terms of your recollections of your life experience yeah, and to have, something in front of you that, you know, you've created, you know, at least in half part yeah. that is reminding you, yeah. Hey, this is life. This is, yeah. you know, this is beautiful. This is worth living. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like my, my coolest like experience of being a father, like what I'm learning is like, I'm getting to have the childhood that I never had. Mm. I'm getting to experience it through her. Yeah. And that is like, it, blows my mind you right know? it's like i'm discovering all this stuff yeah. as she is you like, get to play with her yeah, yeah. and uh it's that's one of the most beautiful things yeah ever hands down i see that from afar with with new dads it's really cool yeah yeah i think it's it's a beautiful thing um so are there any like definitive moments that you can point to or think of that that really made the connection between when you had a transition from your surfing to the stuntman and acting pursuits was there like a definitive point or connective tissue there um ever since i was a child i always wanted to be an actor right it just it was always deep down in there i just didn't have like the courage to voice it uh-huh. you know and and are the balls to actually go pursue it and put the work in sure it's like i think you could sit around and on the couch all day or whatever and your ego's telling you like, dude, I could be an actor, no freaking problem. Like, totally. I'm perfect for. It. I got a great personality. Like, yeah. look at me, I'm good looking. Like, <laughs> and um, you know, there's a lot. Like I said, you can you hide a, behind a lot of stuff with that until you actually go out and like get into an acting class, go into you know take make a, yourself audition. Yeah, like yeah, get humbled. Like, what is it really to? be an actor you know um or even to be a stuntman like i was like what do you think it is well well now i mean i don't know yeah yeah well i'll I'll get to that but yeah like as like a stuntman like i always was like dude i'm I'm an athlete i was a professional surfer like i can do anything yeah i'm extreme yeah yeah and i go and actually train with these people and like dude they're jumping off 70 foot like little telephone pole onto like a five foot you know or fit or whatever 10 15 foot like airbag like gnarly stuff you know like yeah. and i'm going whoa you know and then even like the cinematic fighting stuff like mm-hmm. that's really hard it's a choreographed dance you know right um so it's just i had like really big awakenings you know like whoa can i actually do this like am i good enough mm-hmm. and i still go through that today like you know struggle with that like am um, i kidding myself yeah like am i crazy like i or, basically or is it more like you don't know if you actually want to go that far with it 
I mean, it's really, it's like you ask yourself, like, what, what is my motivation here? Is it, is it my ego? Like, do I just want to be famous? Mm. You know, or is it, am I truly passionate about like this art? Do I want to master my craft? Yeah. 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 Like it's fully art, you know? And, um, I think that's what happens to a lot of people. It's like, they go like, I'm moving to LA. I'm going to be an actor in Hollywood. And, and then they go and they don't put the work in or maybe they do. And then they, they're like, whoa, that's scary. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Right. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. You know? Um, so it's like, I think you get sorted out pretty quick, you know? Yeah, um, I would think so. If you're really going for it. Throughout your life, one of the few constants, it seems, is the role of the ocean and water, right? Yeah. In your life. Yeah. Um, what can you say that would speak to the role that, that water or the ocean has played in your life, whether it be a therapeutic application or just being an outlet or whatever it is? I mean... It just relates to like everything in my life, you know. It's like to the scary moments, you know. Like you get caught inside on a 30, 40 foot wave, like you, some shit's gonna come up. You know what I mean? And you gotta hold breath. Some salt's gonna die, and like yeah. you know, it's very, very intense. And then there's just the most perfect, beautiful moments where you're in a big barrel and the sun's setting, like. The ecstasy and the anguish. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I like four years ago, I was surfing Pano and beautiful sunny day, and I pulled into this barrel and it was like there's a like glass, two dolphins riding inside the wave with me. Like I could see their eyeballs. And like I just couldn't believe it. I was like I, I ate shit because I just was like yeah. you know. Yeah. I came up on my barreled with dolphins yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah. how does that happen yeah. like yeah just I'll never forget that like frame those two dolphins like jamming alongside me in this like moving vortex of water you know? I had the same thing happen to you that really? one time and it, it literally the same thing I almost fell over I was just like dumbfounded like yeah. just I couldn't even focus on anything I was just like Magic. I know. It's so magic. And how cool are, like, those dolphins are probably like, what is this, like, little ape doing inside this, like... Byron's monkeying behind me, yeah. Yeah, like, (laughs) whoa, that's pretty cool. What's this guy doing? Yeah. um, You know, and then just, you know, set waves and, like, there's, like, land waves, you know? Right. Killer stuff and really bad stuff. And It all comes in waves, right? Just learning to, to relax and, like... And I trip on, like surfing and acting because it's very similar like you're dealing with like a wave of energy and you're you're reading these little tiny minute changes and and um yeah it's reading the the conditions and adjusting accordingly yeah Yeah. to like yeah when you're like in a scene with someone and like i'm fairly new you know so this is still very new to me but that's what i'm i'm learning how to read people yeah yeah reading people exactly and adjusting to to energy changes and the swells that arise right yeah yeah so or like finding the power source you know on the wave and like i think that's what's beautiful about surfing it's you learn to to really read lines of energy right you know yeah forecasting and when it all comes together it's beautiful you know yeah timing yeah yeah i mean you're 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 harnessing this energy that's organic, but you, you get to have a dance with it at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I like surfing absolutely saved my life. Like mm-hmm. it, like I said, it's always been there. Um, and the ocean is just, it's like, 
it's so powerful, you know, and um, when you're in it, it just does something to like your blood on a molecular level, you know, like it's just, I don't, I don't know, it's such a magical world, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm always like, if I wasn't a surfer, like people, like you know, you go like right now. You could go down at sunset, ride some waves, look at this big, beautiful orange, burning ball dip beneath this freaking, um, you know, majestic freaking purple ivory water, and like dolphins will come jam by, and like birds, and and it's like this gnarly experience all within like the last hour of the sunset. You know, yeah. it's like you could go do that right now. Totally. And it's like, if you're not, if you weren't surfing, like, what what are people doing to experience that? There's, I don't know that there's too many things all in all that, uh, that measure up. Yeah. You know, I mean, certainly uh, nature in general, there's other outlets that, that are somewhat comparable. Yeah. But yeah, surfing has got an extra special magic in that way. And, uh, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the conditionality of it, that, you know, it's such a fleeting experience and, and there's mm-hmm. so many things they have to come together and, and have to align yeah. to create those magic moments. And to your, to your story, like what had to come together for you to catch that wave with those two dolphins that also chose that wave. Mm. And that swell had come from thousands of miles away I know. I know. and you happen to be there. You know, it's like yeah. that I think is just yeah. the mind boggler. You know, you're just like, how do you even begin to wrap your head around that shit? Know. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, as kids and even young adults, we're, we're commonly educated on like, uh, the kind of rules of the road, so to speak, you know, like things to obey and things to avoid, but nobody's really like giving us a user's manual ever. You know, you're not educated on how to operate this freaking clunky machine, you know, yeah. that, that is so riddled with quirks and, and, uh, nuances that, um, I guess yeah, what it's a I, sick game. it is a sick game, man. It, it's just, it's bass backwards, you know, it's like how the, how do we get to be young adults and go out and do other meaningful stuff, not to mention put our lives on the line or take lives, you know, yeah. and service and honor and stuff, but not even know like what the hell we're doing with this piece of machinery. Yeah. And we're going to give you feelings. By oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, loads of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go for it. Right. <laughs> um, but I guess for our listeners out there that uh, may either be going through similar challenges and or who have gone through similar challenges, what would be something, some piece of advice that, um, you could offer that you wish somebody would have told you when you were younger? Um, you know, I shared, I shared that, um, I led a AA meeting and I shared my story about that night on the railroad tracks. And, um, this older gentleman came up to me after the meeting and, uh, he looked at me and he, he said, you would have killed the wrong man, mm. you know? And it just like, made me cry right there you know it still does get me like choked yeah. thinking about that and yeah. it's so true like you know you can be so thick in something and it's it's not real it's like an illusion you know of what's really happening like in your mind it can be so dark so it's like you have to separate that you know you have to really like take a step back you know and look what's really real, you know? And of course you have to seek help. You can't, like my biggest thing is like, I never talked to anyone about this, you know? Right now, like I get relief in talking to people 
like I have some really close friends that like when I'm going through something I call them you know yeah. I, I let them know it's letting the, the air out totally it's crucial, otherwise, it's crucial to have those resources the pressure is going to build 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 I'm going to explode you know yep. I'm going to do something really stupid or whatever so you know it's just humbling yourself and, and really asking for help you know you have to everyone needs help you know we're all here trying to figure it out right and um, yeah I would just say that's my biggest you know kind of takeaway is just you gotta put your hand out and, and ask for help yeah talk, absolutely talk to some people. yeah and not be afraid of it like yeah. I mean I mean not only take the initiative but realize that just like you said like we're all trying to figure it out no yeah. one's you know it may appear or be you know, you may perceive to certain people to have it more figured out than others, but, um, you know, we're all dealt different cards and, and we're all going through our own process and yeah, we all got the same bookend, right? We're all going to kick the damn grave, you know, kick the can rather, but how I, do we get there? You know, I always love like, you know, when people are like, Oh, what's, what's the next man? So I'm just trying to figure it out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying to figure it out. Like when I hear myself <laughs> keep saying that, like, Oh, figuring it out. Like, yeah. Like oh yeah, like, it's comical. You know? Yeah, it's like we all are trying to figure. We're doing it. Out. it. It's and all. Then when you get fig- something figured out, then you got to figure something else out. You know, and it just Abs- it's so. it's never over. No, yeah, you're always writing the story. Yeah, some chapters are shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. But the book will go on. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, that's very pertinent. Well, uh, just kind of wrapping up. Uh, I got a couple signature questions. I've been yeah. asking every guest. Yeah. And uh, first of which would be, what's your earliest memory of water? Earliest memory of water. Earliest memory of water. (sighs) Man, that's a a deep one. Um, (laughs) It's funny because it's been a bit of a litmus test. It affects everybody differently. Yeah. Earliest memory. Oh, I was in Montana. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, it was like after school. I was like four years old and this is one that just comes to mind but I uh, there was a, a stream that was like frozen over and I went I was just messing around looking you know walking on it and it broke and I fell through and I was all by myself and uh, somehow clawed my way out of it how old were you? I was like four what? yeah four yeah somewhere around this there. is what you're just out in the morning stroll I was just charging man I was a little yeah. wolf like I'd just be out and about doing my thing stomping you know? around looking for a Thin ice. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, basically. So that was electrifying. So that was one of my first memories. And, and what happened? You, you fell through and... Yeah, I went to my house and uh, the door was locked. So I was like outside like freezing and no one was home. And uh, my neighbor ended up seeing me and like, took me in. And, wow. Wow. That's a crazy first experience or first memory. Yeah, it's one of the memories. Yeah. That's um, super wild. I know there's a lot more too, but it sounds like it's pretty clear. Yeah, it's a really yeah. Clear one, yeah, that's very cool. This is scary. Wow. God, I'm glad that's. I'm. I'm glad that wasn't mine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so the last one would be, and this we kind of touched on this a little bit in terms of your advice, but this is more specific to, uh, I guess that if there's any advice you could give to our listeners uh, in order for them to better surf the waves of life. As we were talking about, everything comes in waves. So what can you impart upon people that might permit them a little perspective on like how to better approach the lineup or how better ride that wave of life? Mm. 
I mean, what I'm trying to do, because I'm still so um, consumed with self, and a lot of the time I'm I'm in the future, mm. you know, and or I'm in the past, and it's it's a really mind, you know, it's painful to live like that, you know, but I'm really trying to focus on being here now, you know? It's just like when you're on a wave, it's like, you're so present, like there's nothing else, you know? Just trying to be, it's like, and I keep asking, like, why do I, why do I feel that I need to be there right now? Mm -hmm. Like, four days from now, I need to be somewhere, and I'm waiting for that to happen. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's awful, I need to just, so you're kind of coming across more reminders to try and cultivate that mindfulness or that present yeah absolutely because I get trapped and you know I get a thought normally a negative one I'll attach to it and then my mind will turn it into something big and then I'll start believing it and I'm not even present you know I'm just and I'm suffering all this pain because of one thought you know yeah so I'm really like trying to watch my thinking you know when a negative thoughts come comes into mind that I attach to it's like no 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 like no not today sorry yeah like we're not doing that today yeah you know um so I think that's an important step putting your foot down and saying we're not going there yeah I mean I come back here yeah and it just comes down to of course being here in the now yeah and like I'm you know I can only speak for myself what I'm doing and it's like I'm trying to to love myself. I've never done that, you know. Be proud of what I've done or who I am, and um, yeah, like self love, you know. Like it's incredible. Like sometimes I'm like my body's like in pain, mm-hmm. and I just had this thought today. Like my body has been through so much. I've put it through so much. Like thank you, you know. Like Take care got of some it. Pain. Yeah. yeah, like, like it's amazing. It thing's thirty-two years old, <laughs> still ticking. Like, and I've hammered this thing. Mm-hmm. I've had a pin, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I do a lot for myself to to keep healthy. Sure, know? but um, but but learning the importance of self-love and self-care, like you said, just yeah, take care just of being what you like, got. Yeah, proud, like, dude, you've been so brave on your journey, yeah. and like, yeah, just trying to be. Yeah, like put like my, my friend always says, like you stop punching yourself and pat yourself on the back, you know. Totally. Like, okay. You know, so I'm trying to really learn that. You know? Yeah. And, and have faith in something that like that um, that, I'm, that I'm provided for. You know, like something's there. That's yeah. Guiding me. Right. On this this path. I think that's huge, dude. I think that's one of the biggest things anybody can focus on in life if there's one thing, right? It's just just like being present and, and, you know, having compassion and love for yourself, you know, and therefore you will be able to do that to others too. Yeah. But you gotta you gotta take care of yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, trying. Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean for you know, for whatever it's worth, I mean you, you mentioned earlier that like you're kind of vision of success was looking at these guys who had 
whether it was, you know, getting their sobriety in check and having a family and, you know, caring for the community and stuff like that. Like, I think you're doing great, man. I think you're doing a kick-ass job. Like, you've, you, I think, are inspiring a lot of people, myself included, and I, that's a lot of why I wanted to have you on here was to, to you know, share your, your lessons and your, your insights because I think more people need to hear this stuff and, and I think a lot of people are waiting yeah. to hear this stuff yeah, you know they don't know where to turn or what to look for so yeah. I think you should definitely give yourself a big pat on the back <laughs> yeah um, well so just wrapping up let's try and remember the dream that we're living and uh, keep having a good one amen amen cool, dude bro. super stuck yeah, thanks bro got to make that happen yeah that, that yeah. was cool really yeah. appreciate it thanks for having me yeah man love you peace love you too <laughs> <laughs>
could never place wealth before my spirit I feel it's unhealthy The devil creep around your soul Stealthy, stealthy till you get bold Rush the golden before you're much older Your soul is sold, where's it getting you? Competition starts sweating Your gold diggers setting you up Soon be forgetting your existence Do you need a for instance? I have to admire your persistence Since looking to the game plan That brings you pain, man And at the end of the day, nothing is gained So listen to the voice within I'll see you later Pay heed to the grand oral disseminator As your thoughts cease, some pleasure grows in your soul <laughs> I ain't a Christian, sometimes I feel like kissing them But listen, I'm just trying to tell you what I know If you would once relax, chill to the max These words on wax will cause sweet bells to ring in your soul If I say God is alive, I know you wanna know why Babies die, food don't grow wide Chains smash, planes crash, situation mash And slam, bam, your fellow man, money's in fashion huh? It ain't rational, because damn it So he left a piece of himself The Lord is in here His voice is small You keep lying and trying Denying the call from inside You can't hide responsibility So decide from today Just how it's gonna be Thou shalt have no other God but me He can set you free See, but you have to listen And who's a false idol I see you kissing Money, success and untold wealth Good health And all you have to do is love yourself It's a fact you'll attract All the things that you lack So just chill and get off the racetrack And take a pace back, face facts It's your decision You don't need eyes to see You need vision Continue to view the Lord as being separated And you're living a lie that's been perpetrated For many centuries I wanna mention these facts in my rap uh, I don't say But I wanna share the peace that it brings. My name is G.O.D. The Grand Oral Disseminator 